And uh, now, please join me in welcoming tonight's main speaker, Oscar F. from Reykjavik, Iceland. Hi, everybody. My name is Oscar. I'm from Reykjavik, Iceland. And I'm an alcoholic. You can just feel the love in here. I'm going to start by saying and making absolutely clear there are no refunds, so if you don't like what I say, you just got to live with it. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, uh, first of all, I really want to thank uh, the committee, Jay, and, and, and the gang that are putting this together. It's a fantastic convention here. And, uh, and a real honor to, to be, to be the, the first speaker in the first meeting, because then everything could go uphill from here. <laughs> no, really, uh, I came into, I think I'm going to go a little bit before I started drinking, into, as a kid, I had that, that hole, I've described it before. As an active alcoholic, and uh, even, even as a dry drunk without any, any sort of program, I've, I've sort of seen it as you have a, a great gaping hole in the middle of your chest, which you try to fill basically with anything before you get any recovery. And I remember this feeling as a kid, starting out quite young, that you had that really not belonging, feeling a little bit awkward, and just trying to beat the shit out of everybody to make up for it. You see, I met Otney, we knew, I knew her as a kid. <laughs> That's why she's like that. <laughs> no, really, sorry, sorry. You see, I still do it. No, but, but in honest retrospect, this was just fear. The, the fear, I mean, I had an alcoholic dad, so, and, and I have a quite nice, he's, he's got loads of siblings, they're all alcoholics, and, and there's a lot of alcoholism in my family. So... I am walking proof that, for me anyway, that this is a genetic disease, and I feel like I was born with it. And I'm, I'm pretty sure if I hadn't started drinking, I would have found some other outlet for my addictions. Because the way I see it, drinking wasn't really my problem. Drinking was my solution to this nice gaping hole that I had. And uh, as a kid, I tried to do, I mean, I could never miss out on anything. If I missed, if, if, if my friends were going camping and I couldn't go because I was sick, I felt this, this fear of missing out on something. And this, it, it stayed with me, this fear of, of being outside, the feeling of standing outside looking in and, and really losing, missing out on something. And, it's, and I can feel it when, uh, when I'm, I'm working too much, when I'm not really in my program, this fear starts coming back, this, this fear of losing out and missing out on something. And that, gives me back to my nice little hole, which I try to stuff anything into to fix. But then, around 12 years old, my, I, I hang around with kids a little bit older than me, so when they were 14, 15, started drinking, I was 12, my solution came. And I didn't realize it until many, many years later when I read in the book book where Bill says, I had arrived. That was my feeling. 
alcohol was my salvation. It didn't matter what people thought about me when I was drunk. It just—it was such a liberator. The freedom that came with drinking absolutely dumbfounded me. And for 10 years, I drank as much as I can, as often as I can. Anything. If I could get my hands on a drink, I drank it. That was it. And uh, during my, my school years, it didn't matter whether it was a school day the next day or whatever. If I had the opportunity, I could find. We had the friends, uh, quite a lot of friends of mine are also sober now. We had a saying. We, we, there were two reasons to drink, whether it was a full moon or not a full moon. I mean, those were the two reasons you needed. So, so my teen years went into trying, and obviously 16 years old, I found the solution to all my cash flow problems. I became a bartender. So then I worked three weeks a month, drank a little bit in the bar, and then I drank out my whole salary the fourth week. And this was perfect because, I mean, it didn't cost me much. Always partying, and this was it. And again, I had this feeling I had arrived. But unfortunately, around 20, 21 maybe, it stopped working for me. The, the alcohol started to get me just up to feeling normal. And, and, the, and the, the anxiety and the fear and the, the self-loathing and the self-hate that came in the days between when I wasn't drinking, it got the, the, the upper hand. So fortunately for me, I had a couple of friends which I'd known from childhood who both had become sober a few years ahead of me. So, uh, and this one friend of mine obviously saw my problem and tried to do so sort of behind the scenes, getting me to see it and, and doing all sorts of game fun and games. I remember one night we were sitting, I'd just come from abroad, so I had a, a bottle of, of whiskey at home, and we were sitting in my, my living room talking, three of us, two sober guys and me, and I was always going to the bathroom and then coming back smelling a little bit more of whiskey. So, but they still, they, I mean, they tried to sort of go around it. And then the third friend, who also had been sober for a few years, He's a, he's a bit of a, a, an upfront man. He calls himself the blue man. I think some people here know him. <laughs> Came up to me. We sat at a coffee. He looked at me and said, Oscar, the guys tell me you're an alcoholic. And it was like this. They've been sort of pushy-putting around for, for a few weeks. And he just came out with it. And, and I owe him a lot for that. Because I think it was two, late, two weeks after that I was in rehab. And I really got it in the face that this was, I was one of them. And, and coming into that protected environment, because at that time, back when I got sober, in Iceland, we didn't really have much of a program, unfortunately. We had a lot of meetings about people complaining about their car breaking down, or their wife being a bitch, or their husband being an asshole. I mean, the steps were something you read in the middle of the meeting when everybody went to the bathroom. And really, it was, it was dark, dingy rooms. We were allowed to smoke in the meetings then. With candlelights, you slept maybe for half of the meeting. This was perfect. <laughs> I mean, this was it. I and mean, this was, we went to as many meetings as we could. And then obviously straight down to the cafe, drinking coffee like this, dressed like this, and not really having any solution. And the hole got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I didn't know why. So I, fig I found out. I, I know looking at me today, it doesn't look that way, but I used to be in athletics. But, but when my hole started getting bigger, I figured, okay, first I tried to put women into the hole. Didn't really work. More problems came out of that. 
I tried to put stuff, so I bought a new a new mobile phone or a, or, or, or a CD or whatever I could, new t- new computer. It worked sort of while I was setting up the stuff, and then the problem was there again. So I would just start to put a candy in the hole, and it works up to a point. But but really, I mean, the the godlessness. The lack of conscious contact with my higher power. That was, as I found out much, much later, my problem. But for, uh, I think it was three, three and a half years, my sobriety, if you want to call it a sobriety, was going to lots of meetings, eating lots of candy, and really feeling worse and worse. And fortunately for me, uh, when I was about, yeah, like I say, three, three and a half years sober, a, a couple of guys, one who had been living in, in Seattle, Washington, been part of a group there which had a quite strict set of work in the program, having a sponsor doing the actual work that says in the book. I mean, like I said, the book was something you read in rehab to fall asleep. I mean, that was my understanding of the book. So, so I, he, they started step meetings. And there was a, a really a big awakening in Iceland at this point. This was in 97, I think. And all of a sudden... We were four of us living together, all sober. So there was a couple, and then me and, and the guy that we were renting together. And the girl started going to these step meetings. And then all of a sudden, she, she started having this glow. This really, this look in her eyes that, that she was feeling good. We were just bitching and moaning. And she, she was in a relationship with a guy who was, he, he can be a bit selfish. Let's put it that way. And, and, and her way of dealing with it was instead of confronting him, was going into the bathroom, biting into a towel and screaming. But all of a sudden, there were no more teeth marks on the towels. She had something that we wanted. We, we really struggled with going there. We really struggled with, with, with going what she did. But in the end, that's what all of us did. We went found a sponsor. And I had a problem reading the big book. I'd read it while I was in rehab. I'd read it now and then. But... It took a dyslexic man to read it to me to, for me to understand it. I mean, that's my sponsor is dyslexic. And uh, talking to him on MSN is a complete, constant source of jokes and fun. But, but it took that for me. F- uh, another person who'd read the book, worked the steps, for me to understand what AA was about. And I'd been in what I thought was AA for three and a half years. So I went into really hard work there because I was my desperation was quite bad at that point because I hadn't had any solution for my problem for over three years other than candy and candy doesn't work as well as alcohol so my 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 fear and my anxiety and the whole was sort of getting outside the, the, my body even though the body was quite big, big up to the candy but but really worked the steps quite urgently had a, a really a sense of, of, of desperation about me so I went through it I, I worked the steps quite thoroughly, did my list, and went and I finished my nine steps. So I did all the, all the nine steps on my list. And I figured, that's it, I'm done. Doesn't really work that way. So, having been quite active in sponsoring, really f- struggling to find people to finish making up all my amends, I had a, such a tremendous sense of relief when I, when I set this, struck out the, the last name on the list that I fi- figured now was the time to rest a little bit on the laurels, on the good old laurels. But 
it doesn't like, like I said, it doesn't really work for me. And I really, if you're new, I don't recommend it. Just take my experience for it. Just keep working. It's much much easier. Because at that time, I had a, a, a girlfriend I was living with. I had a, had a son, and everything. I had a nice job. I had worked all my nine steps. Everything should have been quite nice. But in probably a year and a half, maybe two years at most, I got to the point, seven and a half years sober, having worked the steps, having finished my nine step list, and I was more desperate, more miserable, more anxious, and my life was so much worse off than I'd been ever drinking. That's why they say it's a one day at a time program. That's my understanding of it. It's because what I do today doesn't mean anything for me tomorrow. So I have to keep working it. But at that point, people drink away their families. But obviously, I was quite young when I came into AA, so I didn't have the opportunity to do that. So I decided to be sober away my family. So we, we, we split up. Uh, I lost my family. I lost living with my son because of my alcoholism. And it took me a while to realize that. So moved out of the moved, moved out of the apartment, the relationship gone. Obviously, feeling quite sorry for myself, and this really rewarded a big bag of candy every night. But fortunately for me, my God, my higher power, as I understand Him, has a sense of humor, and and really just tolerates my 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 pardon my friends my bullshit for only a short while, because. At that point, I'd been, uh, like I said, sober seven, seven and a half years, something like that. And my sponsor lived three houses down from me in the same street. Obviously, I'm from Iceland, so that's not really rare, but still. I hadn't seen him for over a year, probably a year and a half. Three, three, three houses away, really, literally. I hadn't seen him at all. Still, just moved. I lived in a loft uh, apartment with low ceilings, so I could be really miserable. It was excellent. I could really loathe and wallow in my self-pity. And, uh, and, and sort of middle way between our houses on the other side, there's a candy shop, which I frequented quite a lot. And at one, one day when I was, I was even playing hooky from work, I was, I was so really in such a bad way, having worked the program, having been without a drink for over seven years, that I was, I was doing these things like... I couldn't get up in the morning to go to work. And there's, there were some alarm bells ringing in my head, but I sedated them with just anything I could. And then I went to, to get a little bit more candy for my, for my hole, and there was my sponsor. And this was during the, the European Championship of handball, team handball for those. And uh, we're both quite big handball enthusiasts. And, and he obviously, having sort of seen me around and not done anything with it, said, hey, hey, how are you doing? Do you want to, some guys are coming over to watch the game. Do you want to come watch the game? And, and, and I figured, yeah, yeah, okay. I went with him. We sat down. We watched the game. The guys went. I sat behind. And we sat until late in the evening. And we had a little discussion. By discussion, I mean he yelled at me a little bit. <laughs> and explained to me that really it doesn't work this way. You don't stop working the program. You don't stop. If you do that, I can promise you from experience that you can get back all the, all the bullshit that you lost working the program. If you just try it. No, don't try it, really. <laughs> but, but really, that's, that's how it works for me, anyway, is that if I don't maintain my 
conscious contact with my higher power, if I don't do my prayer and meditation, if I don't pay back, if I don't do things like I'm doing tonight, try to pay a little bit back of the debt that I owe to AA. So, so I did, made up this, so he made me, again, a little bit earlier, made me do this stupid rule where if AA asks me anything, I can't say no. That's why I'm here. <laughs> and uh, really, I mean, we sat down, we had a talk, I started sponsoring again, I started doing my work again, and fortunately for me, since then, I've been able to maintain ish. Obviously, I'm not perfect, even though I look it. <laughs> no, I mean, really, I've been trying. I've been been able to maintain my sobriety to a point where where I'm I'm comfortable in my shell, and and I'm I'm happy with where I'm at. I have a a, a new girlfriend now, or fiance, really. We have I have two new kids. I have three kids. I've got a wonderful job that allows me to go around and meet AA people in the world. I'm working a little bit in Stockholm, a little bit in Iceland. I've been working in Dubai, in Germany, in England, in Ireland, Canada, the States. It's, it's absolutely, I love my job. It's a fun job. It pays quite nicely. And I get to see the world and, and, and sample AA around the world. It, it's, I could not be in a better place. And fortunately, because I try to work on maintaining the, the contact with my higher power the way it is, my, my threshold for, for, for my stupidity is getting smaller and smaller. So, so when, I, when I start doing these stupid things where I'm really too busy to go to the meeting or I'm really too busy to, to do this, I can do it for f fewer days in a row now, fortunately. So, so there is growth in AA. <laughs> and there's, there's still room for improvement, the room for de development, fortunately. But, but really, I mean, I cannot stress this enough. For me... The, the whole point of my AA life now is paying back. I've gotten so much out of AA. I've gotten so much out of these people that really bothered sitting down with me. And, and, and so I can never pay them back fully. But I keep trying and I keep working on it. Uh, I know I was supposed to speak for about 45 minutes. I really I have no idea what I'm going to say for the next 30 minutes, but... No, really, I mean, they, for me, this is so simple. Uh, it, is, it is a case of finding a sponsor, doing the steps, making sure the sponsor has done the steps before. That's a mistake a lot of people do. Find someone who has that, that, that look in their eyes, who has that gleam in their eyes that, that you want. Or, or I mean, if you're looking for a sponsor... Go to the meetings, see someone who has something you want. Ask them, what did you do? And I'm sure in 99.9% .9 of the time, they're going to tell you what they did and they're going to lead you through it. That is what our fellowship is about. That is what, what we have here. And uh, that is our collective debt to those guys, well, actually to God, to put those guys together 75 years ago, but still to those guys who stuck it through and, and the people who have been before us. It's, there is no other way of looking at it, for me anyway, is that, I know, I have friends who I drank with, or actually they're not alive anymore, so I've had friends that I drank with who had the same problem with alcohol as me, who didn't get the solution, who didn't get sober, who killed themselves, or died, one of them died driving into a lamppole at 180 kilometers an hour, dead drunk. Fortunately for me, again, my higher power doesn't really tolerate much of idiocy from me so I've, I've driven a car a total of three times drunk 
and I've lost my license twice. <laughs> but, but, but that's the way it is. That's, that's, that's the way I... Because I, I constantly, every day, ask my higher power to please be in the driver's seat. I did that before I came up tonight. I asked, please allow me to, to step back and not be in the way of what, what needs to be said here. Because I don't have any truth that you guys don't have. I'm, there's nothing special about me having been here for a few years. All, it all has to do with the program that we have and the higher power that it connects us to. I don't know. I feel a little bit spoken out. Uh... I apologize if this was short, but I hope it was, wasn't too bad. Thank you very, very much for allowing me to share here. <laughs>